the Holy Spirit come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Mary, the beloved spouse. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Thou art all fair, O my love, and there is not a spot in thee. This is chapter 4, verse 7 from the Song of Songs, the Canticle of Canticles, which describes so beautifully God's masterpiece of creation. His chosen vessel, the Virgin Mary, destined from all eternity to bear God into our world. Mary's vocation as the Theotokos, the God-bearer, the mother of the Redeemer, of the eternal Word made flesh, is a mission that by its very purpose necessitated her singular privilege of the Immaculate Conception. She was to give her very flesh and blood to the Son of the Living God, must herself be untouched by any impurity in order to be a fitting dwelling place for Him, the All-Holy One, in whose presence not the slightest impurity can stand. She is conceived in God's eternal mind from all eternity. She is the first fruits of her own divine Son's work of redemption. And she is sanctified in the womb of her mother, Anne, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Blessed Pope Pius IX, in his definition of the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, December 8, 1854, used these words, The Blessed Virgin Mary, in the first instance of her conception, by a singular privilege and grace granted by God, in view of the merits Jesus Christ, the Savior of the human race, was preserved, exempt from all stain of original sin. <clears throat> Being a descendant of Adam and Eve, like us, Mary needed redemption. Unlike us, who are cleansed of original sin and baptism, Mary was redeemed in a more exalted fashion. She was pre-redeemed, actually, preserved from original sin in anticipation Christ's saving death on the cross. No sin, original or personal, ever touched the Blessed Virgin Mary. Favored with the fullness of grace, befitting her divine maternity, that was our gospel today, Hail Full of Grace, another revelation of Mary's immaculate conception, according to the teaching of the popes in our tradition. She, who is most like the All-Holy One, exceeds all men and angels purity. She is the woman who was expected from the beginning of the world, already revealed by God in the Garden of Eden, when he announced the victory of the Messiah, her offspring over Satan, the cursed serpent. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. He shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie in wait for his heel. Actually, the Hebrew word is, it shall crush thy head. It's a third person. Deuter can be translated either he, properly Christ, crushes Satan's head, but also she. That is why Mary is portrayed. She is in our statue to my right, crushing the head of the serpent. The first Eve, the mother of all the living, succumbed to the wiles of Satan in pride and disobedience and enticed the first Adam, likewise, to disobey. 
She cooperated with Adam in that original sin, and Adam's disobedience affected man's separation from God. Original sin is passed on to all the descendants of Adam, along with the effects of that sin. A darkening of the mind, spiritual blindness, hardening of the heart, and a stubborn bending of our human will toward ourselves, toward self-worship instead of the worship of God. We call this concupiscence. Remains even after baptism. Well, sin brought suffering and death and the closing of the gates of heaven to all mankind. But Mary, as the new Eve, reversed the effects of the first Eve's sin precisely by humility and by her obedience to the will of God. Mary is the new ark of the covenant, not made of wood or stone, but rather the one who was preserved from all stain of sin and filled with grace from the first instant of her conception. Mary is the immaculate tabernacle of the indwelling God. She is the living vessel in which the divine word became flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit, and in her loneliness there is more splendor than there was in the great temple of King Solomon. She is the woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. You see, sacred scripture begins and ends boasting of Mary's immeasurable grace and God's fidelity by his promise through the ages, which was fulfilled through her and her beloved son. The mission of Mary is really the mission of us all, we can say, to be living tabernacles where the presence of God might dwell and make itself manifest in our world, and how we need that witness in our world today. May we learn to share in Mary's prayer of praise to God Almighty, who dwells within us. Let us repeat on this feast day Mary's words at the visitation to her cousin Elizabeth, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.